Hi, welcome to Push Dose Medic, where we focus on core concepts for the beginner paramedic. I'm your host, Jaron Gerald. This podcast was created to build a bridge between the knowledge gained in the classroom and the clinical setting. So thanks for listening, sit back, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Dose Medic Podcast. I am your host, Jaron. Um, I know it's been a while. We haven't uh, recorded any episodes and just a lot of other work obligations going on right now, but we are back at it this week, Monday. Um, with uh, We're going to jump on the bandwagon with the recent news in trauma, and that's specifically going to talk about the trauma triad of death. Now, staying current and looking at all the uh, news with n- the new guidelines for trauma resuscitation, people have just been blasting normal saline and really pushing the whole blood aspect. And they're not wrong. Uh, normal saline is horrible in a trauma scenario, especially someone that's actively bleeding. And if you don't understand that, that's why I've made this episode, because I actually looked back in my Nancy Caroline textbook through my paramedic school, and it hardly covered uh, trauma resuscitation. It was very bland, black and white, fluid, controlled bleeding, and that's it. But it never gave an understanding on why. Um, obviously, we know we lose blood. We have to replace it with some kind of fluid. Preferably, this would be blood, but what they're teaching in school is just wide-open fluid bilateral 18s, and that sounded good in school, but it's really not what we want to be doing, especially for the safety and well-being of our patient. So I also found in those chapters very limited data on the trauma triad of death. I think it was a small blurb on the side of the page, you know, the, the parts we don't really remember for a test and we don't really look at we just look for the bold words because that's mainly what's going to be on the test Um, so we're going to go over that in just a brief explanation on how that happens and why it's called the lethal triad so if you were like me and you're right out of paramedic school and you're just really not sure on certain topics such as this lethal trauma triad let's go over it just a little bit uh, so you basically have three things. It's basically called a triad or a triangle because it has three components to it. And that's acidosis, coagulopathy, and hypothermia. And I think as paramedics, we get so caught up into the trauma. Let's go, 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 bilateral IVs. Let's stop bleeding with tourniquets and C-locks that we don't do it correctly. You know, the biggest one we miss is the whole hypothermia thing. Um, it's taught through PHTLS. It's taught through TCCC with the E component, uh, March E, as exposure and environmental. Uh, we strip down these patients because you will fail your national registry if they are not trauma naked. You need to find all the injuries. Well, they don't need to be trauma naked all at once. Let's let's start from the head and move down head to toe assessment on a trauma assessment. But they don't need to be trauma naked uh, when it's 28 degrees out. They don't need to be trauma naked. We can use a systematic approach to start from head to toe and only uncover the parts of the body we need to assess at a time. This keeps the patient warm and kind of prevents that hypothermic state the patient may possibly be in. So that's only one part of the triad is hypothermia. We'll also a little bit later go into acidosis and coagulopathy. 
So with all this talk about trauma resuscitation and not using normal saline, what if that's all you have? Well, that's fine if that's all you have. You need to use your proper resources, transport to the closest facility that can work a trauma resuscitation, and maintain permissive hypotension. You don't want to be boatloading this patient with liters and liters of fluid to try to get a good blood pressure. Instead of staring at the systolic and waiting for it to hit 90 or 100, look at your MAP pressure. Calculate a MAP pressure. As long as you have enough to perfuse the brain, you're doing the patient good. But you shouldn't be loading this patient full of fluid to try to get that mysterious number of 120 over 80. That's not going to happen. Also in this resuscitation effort, you want to run that fine line of having a MAP of 60 and lowering your systolic blood pressure because you don't want to blow the clots that are already formed. The patient is anemic, has lost a lot of blood. The little bit of clotting factors they do have left, we don't want to ruin those. So our main focus in these trauma patients is stopping the bleed. Where is the bleeding coming from? Obviously, if they're hypotensive, it's a traumatic injury, they've lost a lot of blood, we need to figure out a way to stop that bleeding. That's your number one priority in trauma, is to find the life threat, find the bleeding, and cut it off completely. So, like we said, normal saline is going to be bad in our trauma patients. Um, most normal saline bags, you can actually read on the front of the bag, depending on manufacturers, have a pH of 5.3 to 5.5. I've even seen some around 5.7, but not often. So, we're basically resuscitating a patient with something we cook pasta in. It's pasta water. It's not blood. It lacks all clotting factors. It lacks all ability to carry oxygen. It's just water, very acidic water. And as a colleague of mine has said, it's basically just battery acid that we're dumping into people. So trauma patients are going to be naturally already acidic, especially if they're extremely anemic. Now, you know that blood carries oxygen. So if you've lost a majority of blood and you're no longer to carry oxygen, your body turns into anaerobic metabolism, increasing your lactic acid and increasing the added acidotic state of your body. So that's where the acidosis comes into in the trauma triad of death. And then on top of that, we're going to dump a liter or two liters of normal saline into the patient. As some of these paramedic books say and instructors, bilateral 18 or 16 gauges and fluids wide open. And by the time you get to your trauma center, you've dumped a liter or two liters in. Uh, basically just water that has an extreme pH of 5.5. So naturally, when we do this practice, we're just furthering the acidosis. And furthering the acidosis just speeds up that, that cycle and that trauma triad. And eventually it's going to kill the patient. Your main focus, instead of giving normal saline or pasta water, is to get them to a trauma center. Stop that bleed if you can't stop it externally and have them go through a massive transfusion protocol where they get clotting factors and blood, the stuff they lost. So another thing we have to worry about when we're dumping or resuscitating a patient with uh, normal saline is something called dilutional coagulopathy, where basically we just dilute all the clotting factors that are left in the body to the point where the body is no longer able to clot. The patient will be fluid overloaded, have lost all clotting factors, and will basically just be bleeding pink, frothy, normal saline. 
because you have not replaced the body with anything that it's lost. You've replaced it with some foreign substance the body cannot use. So as you can see, each little component of the trauma triad feeds off of each other. You start out with a trauma patient that's been laying outside in the cold, even just for a short time. Um, the blood is cold, the torn up clothes, the wet asphalt, whether be it, it's they're going to be cold. So with their cold temperature, they're basically going to decrease the function of their clotting cascade. And on top of that, they're losing blood, which they're losing clotting factors. They're losing the ability to carry oxygen, and that just increases the acidosis since the body's working off of an anaerobic state. And also, think about your head injury patients that are in a trauma scenario. Uh, think about their ventilations. If they have a TBI and they have really irregular, slow uh, ventilations, they're going to increase their CO2. It's They're going to be hypercapnic. So that's just going to lead to the acidosis as well. Everything kind of feeds off of each other, and everything part of this triad will kill you. Um, without proper assessment, proper stop-the-bleeding technique, and proper transport, these patients will die very quickly. It's no longer the golden hour with these patients. Uh, I wouldn't waste an hour trying to find a IV on these patients when they can easily get a femoral line. Treat your patient adequately, but don't delay transport. Um, even if you have to rendezvous with a flight team that carries blood, if you're in an austere environment, make sure you understand that these patients don't need to be flooded with salt water, uh, normal saline. They don't need to be trauma naked. They don't need bilateral IVs. What these patients need is proper hemorrhage control and proper transport to a definitive care facility. So just a take-home message on this, that just know that the trauma triad feeds off of each other. Uh, don't leave your patients trauma naked. Get them out of those wet and cold clothes. Don't flood them with normal saline with bilateral 14s just to get a blood pressure that looks good on your chart. Make sure you take good care of your patient meticulously work head to toe and only expose the parts you need to expose. Keep that patient warm. There's a reason why those trauma rooms are 95 degrees when we walk in and we're already sweating and it just makes it worse, but that's better for our patient. And make sure you use proper hemorrhage control. Make sure you stop the bleeding. The patients can't bleed anymore if you stop the bleed in the first place. This has been a huge initiative in the uh, civilian world, so let's use it in EMS. Let's make sure we apply the tourniquets, apply the C-locks, close and seal the box, make sure we keep the blood in the body, because most pre-hospital units don't carry anything to put the blood back in the body. So I'll link a few articles down in the show notes, uh, uh, more about the trauma triad, more in-depth information. I just want to do a quick outline on it. So if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. So I hope this kind of cleared up a few things on the trauma triad of death and make it just a little easier to understand. Uh, that's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on Push Dose Medic Podcast. Thanks for listening.